What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison. Good to be with y'all today. And I'm Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. Good to see you, Harrison. And we have a good friend here with us today as our guest and the main subject of today's Ask LFC podcast. Welcome, Victor Leal. Woo! (laughs) Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, man. Pastor Harrison and Pastor Mike, thank you very much. So, um, Victor, a, f- a funny story that I haven't talked to you about in like three years that you've been here that uh, you'll get a kick out of. So when Victor first uh, came around and we were kind of uh, we were kind of hanging with Victor to see, you know, if Victor, if it was right for Lake Forest, if it was right for Victor for you to be the church planter that would eventually pastor yes, El Buen Samaritano. from Mexico City for a one-month-long interview because we weren't going to fly back and forth for like three different interviews. Yes. Exactly. So he came to hang out, and we have, a, we have a ministry partner here who sings with us from time to time who does like – she has like this insane yacht that she rents out on Lake Norman and drives around. So oh, yeah. she offered to our staff to just let us cruise around for an afternoon. Victor was there, and at the time, right before you left, you gave me like – the coolest hat that I own, Victor was wearing on his head. And before he left, that hat. he gave me the hat. And I am so insecure about it. I have not been able to wear it for three years. So I feel like I need to give it back to you, Victor. Because <laughs> you're the only person I've seen that actually pulled it off. He pulled it off. In fact, I remember that was the Carolina Grace is that Lake Norman uh, cruising right. yacht. And I remember, Victor, you, uh, we had a staff kind of party. And I remember you and Suzanne Powell dancing on the top deck. Uh, I don't remember what it was, it, too. It was Suzanne, and it was Katrin mm-hmm. uh, Greenberg, because we jumped it up with salsa, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, let's, let's do this. You took over the playlist. <laughs> Victor is the church planting pastor of Lake Forest Church El Buen Samaritano, one of the churches in the Lake Forest family of churches that was launched for... Three months before the pandemic shutdown, correct? Correct. September mm. 2019. Good timing. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're one of those breed of, you know, I'm a church planter, and I have war stories about startup of a church. It, it's notoriously difficult and fraught and also joyful. But you're that, you're that cadre, that generation who will always be remembered for, man, we planted a church in a pandemic. And managed to live to tell about it. But not only that, uh, also like uh, 0% Christian people, like, hmm. you know, like from scratch. Yeah. The, why is that, Victor? Why? The, El Buen Samaritano, the, the beginning group of worshipers that gathered, particularly prior to the shutdown, and then you've shepherded that group during the shutdown, uh, were, were the highest percent of previously unchurched people of any of our church plants. Why is that? Uh, it's got to do a lot of things, you know, like people, let's have in mind, like people who are from another country, they'll come, and the only thing they worry, the less thing they worry about it is like to be in the church. They have to provide for their families. Hmm. They have to work long shift hours, and they, ha- they might have, they have to travel long hours too, and um, it's hardly any time for their you know, to be in a fellowship, uh, to congregate. Uh, so that's probably it. And another key point for that is, like, they probably had bad experiences with uh, other pastors, you know, like, who were just ducking out of their money, 
you know. Is that a bad experience here in the U.S. among immigrant churches, or are you talking about in in their country uh, uh, that they came from? They had to be both. Okay. Either from the country they came from, or and bad experiences that they have here with with pastors, you know. So speaking of that, Victor, um, can you give us um, and and folks listening to this a little bit of a background of um, where you're from? You've had a real unique uh, gifting that's helped us out here and has helped you plant this church. That you you kind of you kind of have lived with one foot in Mexico and one foot in the United States for a while. What, what was your, what's your background? Thank you for asking that, Harrison. Yeah. Uh, let me start with reading Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who should I send and who would go for us? And I say, here I am, send me. Hmm. So 10 years later, I ended up in seminary. That happened in 20, 2001 when I gave my life to Jesus. Hmm. And, um, uh, prior to that, my dad, you know, he came to the United States, and he decided to... Uh, I was from born... From Mexico. Yes, from Mexico, Jalisco, where you get that tequila and mariachi, you know? Okay, it's <laughs> a good state. I like that state. <laughs> but anyways, he uh, sent for us. Uh, I'm the oldest of five, uh, four more siblings, and my mom. So we all arrived to California in tw- on 1990. Um. And then 2001, like I mentioned, I gave my life to Jesus. And that sermon about Isaiah 6, 8, I heard it in 2002. So I raised my hand, not knowing what's going to happen 10 years later. And um, 2012, I ended up in seminary. Mm-hmm. But uh, not any seminary. Uh, going uh, Looking for seminaries in the States, you all know it's sort of expensive. And then uh, reaching back to my home church over in California, uh, God had planted that seed on my heart that I needed to be in seminary. The, uh, he, he was calling me for that. <laughs> but I, I was searching and searching, and all of a sudden, uh, a good brother of us, uh, what happened to be the worship leader, he was like, Victor, have you thought about going to Mexican seminary? I was like, I never thought about that, but let me pray about it. Uh, so we prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and then I was like, that's a good decision to make. Hmm. Because, I, like you just mentioned, one foot outside, you know, mm-hmm. the United States and Mexico. So I was like, I want when I arrived, I was a young kid. And I wanted to, um, to learn more about my heritage. Hmm. So I ended up going to a seminary in Mexico. So interesting. You, you've... One of the things that I just love, Victor, about how the Lord has gifted you to the Lake Forest family of churches, and specifically to Spanish-speaking immigrant families to be their shepherd here, is that you've lived that experience. Um, uh, Coming to America, you grew up in East L.A., right? Isn't that like the part of L.A. that Cheech and Chong made famous? They do. (laughs) Okay, that's like the same deal. Okay. Um, so I know more about East L.A. than I thought I did, uh, actually. Um, but um, what a neat thing for you to decide to, to get back in touch with your roots. Um, who, I think it would be interesting for folks to know who it was that led you to faith in the Lord. Uh, that's, that's an interesting story, too. Um, 
you know, being a teenager and younger, uh, and the street that I live is very commercial. And there's a lot of, um, you know, barber shops, a lot of hair salons, and I was desperate to get a haircut, you know. It was the weekend. I wanted to go out and party. You're a dapper guy. You dress <laughs> dapper, and so I believe you that you wanted a haircut just for that weekend. Just for that mm-hmm. weekend. So you could wear the hat. So I could wear the hat, exactly. <laughs> but anyways, uh, there was no barbershop open that day except for one across my across where I live, right across where I live. Norma's Hair Design, you know, like a you know, hair salon. I just saw... A nice, pretty old lady is coming out of there with her hair done and everything. I was like, man, I should try that one. So I just went. But that time I was like, I was searching for God, actually. I was asking questions, like, you know, where's God and hmm. and all this. And then um, it happened to be a Christian, the lady that do my hair. So she started discipling me. Hmm. When I started asking that question, I, I, I want to have an encounter with Jesus. She did, and she did it right in then. So, like, uh, every Tuesday she had Bible studies, so we get together with other people, and that's where I started learning about John, about God. And Isn't that so neat? <laughs> Just in her own profession, uh, and in a lot of communities, uh, the, the people who do hair barbers or salons are like the social hub. They're considered right. the mayor, and um, how neat uh, that is, Victor. Yeah. Okay, once you got to the Mexican Presbyterian Seminary, in Mexico City, what was that like to all of a sudden be immersed in your your culture of origin? There's another uh, Bible passage, you know, where Jesus says that uh, even among my people, I'm not welcome, you know. Um, correct me on that, mm-hmm. yeah. Mike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was I'm a, I was an outsider, you know, even though I speak the same language, um, but I was an outsider for them to the point that I needed to apologize, like, of how I approach people. Really? Yeah. And I was like, look, I didn't mean to be, like, upgoing, you know, like, if I offended you, I'll just ask you to forgive me. Are Mexican-Americans more forward, more like in your face a little bit in how you address people than Mexicans? Yeah, you you, you are more forward, and and I noticed that, you know. Like, later on, I was like, okay, I might have been, like, a little sarcastic sometimes, you know, but... um. And I, I did saw that, and out of that, I mean, at the beginning it was kind of hard because I was seeing how people are getting distance out of, with me, and then, but then um, when I started, you know, saying I'm sorry for what I say, I didn't mean to hurt you or anything like that, and then I started getting, making friends. But yeah, it was like uh, food for me was hard, <laughs> like going back to my every, everything. I mean, I like spicy, but not that spicy. Yeah. I know oh. you do, Harrison. I know you like spicy food. Yeah. You, you too, Mike. But for me, it was hard. Yeah. Um, but uh, I got stomach issues. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, Victor. How did how, your your experience of feeling like an outsider? You wanted to go to this place, right? And and you were related to it, and yet you felt like an outsider. How does that? Is there a way in which that informs your engagement with? Um, uh, Spanish-speaking immigrants here, either those in your church or outside of your church, who you know must feel somewhat like an outsider here. Yeah, I, I can relate more now to them because um, the experience I had 
you know, it, it wasn't good, of course. But um, so it's changed. It changed now my mind. You know, like how do how do I feel people welcome? You know, even living in a foreign country and going through that experience. So I, I just open our arms, you know, with when Samaritano and feel people welcome that you, you know, regardless of where you come from, um, you're not going to feel like an outsider, you know, because mm-hmm. I know, I know now their language. I know they're like, uh, what they're going through. And, um, we, we just want to have empathy for them. Your wife, Rosemary, who is a teacher at the Learning Tree Preschool here on our campus, and uh, is a bit of a co-pastor with you. She preaches, she leads, uh, she preached at Easter, I believe. She's quite an excellent uh, communicator of God's Word. Uh, you met at the Mexican Presbyterian Seminary. What, what had her calling and ministry been before that? Before that, she was in uh, Women's Bible Institute. Okay. So she did, she did that for three years and then um, wow. two years in seminary hmm. to evaluate her uh, degree. For theologian, theologian, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so she was ahead of me, right in the, <laughs> from the beginning. Um, so I met her. I get into seminary in 2012, and she was about to get out. I didn't lose touch on that, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, so you had to move fast. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, she, <laughs> she, uh, she was a uh, missionary for the Mexican Presbytery. Mm-hmm. So they were. She was sent to uh, Monterrey, Mexico. Oh. the northern part of Mexico, and we were dating for a year, long distance. Oh, I, I don't know that I'd ever picked up on that detail. Yeah, yeah. so we were dating for a long distance, over a year, and then uh, until we decided to get married. <laughs> How much, now I know that your decision to take the calling here in, in Huntersville was a, a big decision but it was even bigger for Rosemi because it would mean leaving her country of origin and her family, who she's very close with. Yeah. And, um, um, how, how hard was that decision for the two of you? I, I imagine she knew that marrying you always involved the possibility of relocating to the States. Yes, uh, I think she knew in that short term. I, let me get back on that. Um, when, you, when Mike and I think your group from EPC went to Mexico and you invited me to come over like it was on her state well that's right that's where we were meeting yeah when I was uh, the president of the denomination for a while I I was part of working on a working relationship between our denomination and the Mexican Presbyterian denomination and we were looking for the right church planter and those guys uh, were like hey we know the guy yeah. Anyway, so the, yes, so this you, was in you, her home state. Yeah, that was in Chiapas, Mexico. I was Mexi- there for a meeting. Mex- Me- uh, Chiapas, Chiapas, Mexico, mm-hmm. yeah. So we ended up meeting all of you, and um, and and uh, she knew that it was a possibly. She thought it was in a short term, like, oh, we're just going to do and, you know, plan, and, yeah. and, uh, and that's about it. Okay. Like My, the Apostle Paul, plant the church and then move on to somewhere else. For, for me, it was different, though, because I, I was— <laughs> She could have said, that, hey, it's biblical, Victor. Yeah. <laughs> no, but for me, it was different. I had a mind of, like, hey, we're doing this for the long run, you know, because hmm. uh, I love the United States, for sure. Uh, and mm-hmm. then um, <clears throat> our child, like, to grow up here and have um, her studies here, too. 
so it was a big advantage. Um, she you're re- wearing your uh, a USA T-shirt with the flag on that's it right, right now, right? That's right. And you're quite the Dodgers <laughs> fan, the Lakers. Yeah. He's really obnoxious, by the way, Lake Forest people, <laughs> when it comes to LA sports. He does. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We had some problems when the Heat and the Lakers played in the NBA championship. It was that's true. It was a little unfriendly true. between me and Victor for a little while, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. Um, but it, it it was hard for her at the beginning. Into we have one of our good friends, John Bueno, mm-hmm. um, church planter from the APC. He talked to her, and then so do her brother. Uh, her brother who lives in Pittsburgh talked to her, and she realized sometimes you know you gotta have other people just besides the husband. <laughs> sure. So they were talking to her, and to, she realized, okay, um, this is God's calling, um, and we're here for good. It was a hard transition for her, of course, because, like you say, Mike, um, very um, uh, with her family, very close. Um, and even though she was a missionary from the Presbytery in Mexico, she was most of the states from Mexico. She never been out of Mexico, mm-hmm. so like the the opposite for her, it was also the food, who was hard having hard problems, you know, here mm-hmm. because. Food here is all dry, you know. <laughs> There's no <laughs> okay. no soups or nothing like that. Yeah. So she was accustomed to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, fresh food, you know. And but yeah, to the point where she she got her thyroid, you know, going off. That's mm. right. That's okay. I, I I remember that, and I don't remember tying it to the difference well, in yeah. the food. So that's that's okay. Yeah. Mm. It was it was through that and. Could have been a lot of other things, but yeah, yeah. like like that whole change mm-hmm. of environment, I, you know. But now she's, I mean, she's my great partner. That's awesome. <laughs> on, she's on ministry. doing great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great to hear her English the other day. I, I was in the first oh. uh, teachers meeting of the year at right. the Learning Tree briefly, and just great to catch up with her for a moment. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> with the aid of some ministry partners. You guys had a home built in the middle of the Huntington Green community. You wanted to live in the community with the people you were going to be ministered to. Yes. And it's uh, how many blocks from the Huntington Green Resource Center that Lake Forest Church built as a community center for this neighborhood? Literally two blocks, Mike. That's great. <laughs> two blocks. And if you don't see my car over in the parking lot over there, it's because I walk. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I, I walk, and, and it's great because then you... Uh, s- you know, I've been driving by and being like, that Victor, he's never at work. <laughs> so that's why it is. Yeah, that's why it is. <laughs> okay, and, and, hey, funny story for instance. Can I right. just make an yeah, aside? Sure, sure. So I drive this little blue Hyundai car, yeah. and I've driven it for so long, but a lot of people know what my car is. And uh, I also golf at Burkdale Golf Club at Exit 25 because it's closest to get to, and that's my empty nester hobby. So people who know this, that you know, they would drive by every now and then and see my car there in the parking lot, of course. Duh. Well, uh, one of our staff came to me and said, Mike, um, a ministry partner ha- came to me, and they didn't want to be rude, but they were like, does Mike ever work? Like, every day I drive by in the middle of the, in the morning and the afternoon, and his little blue car is right there in the Burkdale Golf Park. Does he ever come to work? You know? And this staff member was bold enough to come, was kind enough to go, Mike, what, I see you in the office all the time. What, are you sneaking, you know, what's the deal? Well, it, I just died laughing because there's this young woman who manages the restaurant at the golf club, uh, Ann, 
the Arnie's Tavern, and she drives the same little cobalt blue oh, Hyundai, the, oh, <laughs> the exact so same model, the Hyundai Veloster. Right. So true. she's there every day. <laughs> you made me laugh so hard to think about this man. There's probably partner. a snake in there you. Yeah. Mike. <laughs> Mike's just hanging at the golf course. We all know. We all know. Okay, but back That's to you. Great, back to you. Thanks. Tell us, um, Tell us what's going on. What's the worship like at El Buen Samaritano? You've been at it for, is it two? What anniversary did we just pass? Three. 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 It's hard to believe. Wow. Yeah, three years, three years. And, and it's been great. I mean, uh, you and I, Mike, we went to Presbytery last week, and you heard the words that I was saying in there. Uh, and, of course, you got teary that day, too. Uh, you made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you do it again? <laughs> I'll do it again. But, you know, I, I, I want to go back, Mike, um, uh, and I want to read this uh, passage from Matthew 9, 35 and 36. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowd, and I told you this, Mike, before, he had compassion on them because they were har- harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Mm. As the Lord for a harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. And that's what I felt when I came to 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, you all showed me that community that I was going to be in. And, and I felt that, you know, I turned mm. around and I, without a shepherd, you know. And I, I felt the same, what Jesus felt there, right and then. And that's what the, I was like, okay, we got a good vision, good thing going on here. Uh, the worships now is like, I mean, we want to make leaders out of our community. Um, let them know that, look, God has big plans for you. And they're stepping up into the play, you know, like where to, you know, like they didn't believe they could uh, like be on the worship on a group, you know. Now they're like, oh, yes, please send me the the songs that we got to sing mm. every week, you know. Um, and they get ahead of, uh, of that because they want to practice. Uh, and, um, I mean, we have a great group right now. Mm. You know, I, I mentioned this um, when we went to Presbytery. You know, when before they used to receive things that, you know, our mother church, like Forest, do for them. Now they want to give back to, the, to their own community, so that's that's your vision for the church. That's why you right. named it not just the, the Good Samaritan, not just the church. Right now, we we want to you know apply that vision to the whole community, hmm. you know, where they can be the Good Samaritan to a, outside of our own small community. This is an example of uh, the Lake Forest family of churches. How uh, each church. Uh, we follow the lead of that lead pastor for how they contextualize the gospel to their community. And Victor came and said, I want to name it El Buen Samaritano, Good Samaritan, so that our people won't say, oh, we're the people being helped by the Good Samaritan. Yeah. We are the Good Samaritan in the name and power of Jesus. Exactly. We serve others. He wanted to change the identity uh, orientation. Um and it's neat to hear examples of how that's happening. And just little things, you know, like uh, it's a big deal. When my, I mean, it's a big deal for everybody, but it, we tend to do it, put it aside when it comes to collecting the offerings, you know. But if you put a couple um, collecting the offerings, that's a big deal for them. Hmm. They've never been, you know, 
on a church where they can be part of it and, and participate and, and take the lead on it, and they are stepping out to that. So I'm just, I'm just proud of God, God is doing in there, you know, and in our community and with the people. And I know there's a lot of more work to do, and that God is behind that, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, he's touching hearts like how you cannot imagine. And I know from some of the conversations you and I have had over these last years, Victor, that it's just been really cool to see when uh, it's taken a while to build the trust of people in that community, hasn't it? So that when people do start showing up more and more and more, it's got to feel even better for you and Rosemary to be like, because it wasn't, it's not easy for, it's not easy for folks in that community, like you said, to trust a church. What has that been like for you guys, like earning the trust of your neighbors for, for us it's like going door to door prior to that pandemic and and introducing ourselves to the point where like even people who are not coming to church they start inviting us to to their house mm. for meals mm. for parties but that's where we get to testify about the love of jesus you know um and you don't know this mike but i, I know wednesday we gotta meet and i told one of our neighbors can you do some tamales for us? Oh, is that lunch tomorrow? Well, it will be, it will be, you can say lunch and breakfast. Oh, all right. <laughs> Harrison, you're welcome to come if you want. <laughs> I'm going to just drop right on it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, I, I, I just, because we're partnering with another church where we are going to do uh, um, dinners uh, for the rest of the year, but only one, one day out of the, uh, out of the month. Hmm. Uh, one today? Sunday no, after church? No, uh, one or? Tuesday. Ah, okay. Today will be the first one. And, you know, um, and so I'm preaching. I'm giving a small devotional bilingual. And then on on November, we'll have another one. And on December, we'll have another one, the first Tuesday of the month. But for December, I want them to taste the tamales, you know, of we're going to taste tomorrow, actually. But one of our neighbors is going to do that for us. You know, nice. That's um, awesome. And because we we want we want to we want them to be part, feel part of it, and and then um, you know their gifts put into to the test, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Victor, as uh, as we we talk about God stories around here, is, does anything stand out of maybe what God has done in one person's life? I just uh, last last Sunday when I preached, I told you we have this new family that uh, visited us from Morrisville. But um, this uh, Guillermo, who you know, he sent me a text afterward. Pastor, that was a great sermon. I mean, I just um, give thanks to the Lord, you know, for touching their heart. And I was, well, that was the word of God, and, and the Spirit will convince you, you know, out, out of what I said in there. But he said it was one of the greatest sermons he ever heard, and then that um, he reminds, that sermon reminds him of uh, his parents, which, which he doesn't have anymore. And, and but he was encouraged, and he encouraged me too because that's that's the one family that you see. Uh, the mom always will come to church every Sunday with her six kids, hmm. and and for the first time, I mean, he's been coming along her like for over six months or eight months now. But uh, it's one of those things that the the mom is seeing like, oh, my husband is coming now. And I thank God for that because they were looking for a church. And same as this other family, they saw they saw us on the website and they decided to come to our church. 
but that's awesome, um, yeah. that's one of the God stories. Um, and I just want to go back real, uh, real quick to um, how the God calling for me was. It, it took a prayer from my mom, for my mom. You know, like every other family um, who struggles when dad is not around, uh, it happened to us too. Then it took a prayer from my mom, and this is a prayer that she said. Lord, I just want one of my kids to serve you. Mm. Imagine that. And then when I tell her, Mom, I'm going to go to seminary. Wait, are you sure? Yes. Um, she didn't believe. She didn't believe that, that that prayer was being answered already. You know. And then a funny story is that my seminars were like, Victor, who you got pregnant? Because you're going to Mexico for seminary. I was like, I don't what are you talking about? <laughs> I got nobody pregnant. God is calling me to do this. <laughs> but, but you know, uh, my mom and I, we started crying because we knew it was God who was answering her prayer and what I had, you know, like 10 years prior to that. Like, the seed that is being planted there, when I raise my hand, he's, been, he's answered that prayer. Victor, that's so encouraging. We we experience God's work in our life in these micro moments, and, and we want things to happen fast. It's encouraging to hear the Lord working, even generationally, through the mm-hmm. prayers of your mother. Over the long haul, you experienced the call to ministry, and it was 10 years before right. you saw the vision of how that would be accomplished. How can What is one way that uh, Harrison and I and our uh, Ask LFC podcast listeners here can pray for you and Rosemary and Dara as a family, and what's one way to pray for El Buen as a church? Well, just pray for um, health-wise, you know, for um, for Rosemary, myself. I, I was telling uh, earlier to Harrison that I that I fell out of the bike with my dog. Uh, that was like probably uh, three weeks ago, and it's all good. It's just I, I I might have to schedule an appointment because I was like I can't lay down on my back that. Oh, that much, oh, but anyways, um, I'm still running with her. I mean, I'm not gonna do it on the bike anymore. But yeah, be, <laughs> be praying for for us. Uh, it was a hard transition for Dara from kindergarten to first grade. You know, they call it anxiety because now it's not a, much about playing, but doing more structural work. You know, mm-hmm. and and for when somebody um that God will continue to uh, send the people that He wants. You know, um, and to make leaders of out of our congregants, and I know God has this in, on His hand. Hmm. So. And just it's encouraging to hear as we're sitting here that God's already also answering the prayer that was one of our number one goals for the fall. <clears throat> Yours to begin to reach people, not only in who live in Huntington Green, but some of the other. Uh, 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 communities uh where spanish-speaking new neighbors have congregated and just happy to hear um how god's working through you and rosemary victor thank you i'm grateful for you as a colleague um and for your faithfulness and i can't wait to enjoy those what tomorrow when we're meeting over at your at the resource center do i do you want me to say english or spanish because you say tamales? No, it's, it's tamales. <laughs> tamales. Tamales. <laughs> tamales. Say that one more time. Tamales. 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 Oh, yeah. It's, okay. <laughs> well, there you have it. You got knowledgeified Ask LFC podcast <laughs> listeners. You now 
no to not say tamales tamales uh, <laughs> and some <so>. tacos <laughs> that's what we've got for today thank you so much for tuning Thanks, in Victor. well thank you appreciate it